0: Sharp, pointed, and insightful. This is Spacey on the Right on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. We
1: must create an international progressive community that stands for social, economic, racial, and religious justice for all.
2: You cannot be civil with a political party that wants to destroy.
0: Oh, when you see, you're when
3: not gonna use the mob I word will. Oh, here. Oh, it's, it's totally a mob. It is without a there's doubt. Say, there's no other word mass. for it.
4: It is up to us to rededicate ourselves to the traditions and wisdom of our founders. And it is up to us to renew the bonds of love, loyalty, and affection that link us all together as one great American family.
0: And now, Stacey Washington. Mm-hmm.
2: Welcome to the show. Welcome to the program here on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. What a uh, what an interesting development. We have a new word to add to our lexicon of words. We're not allowed to actually say. We have to use their initials. That word is mob. If you're triggered right now, I'm so sorry, but I'm not going to say the M word. Mob, 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 mob. Got to say it. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Stacey Washington, host of Stacey on the right here on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. Please do remember to hit the subscribe button over at AFR.net and UrbanFamilyTalk.com. Find those Facebook pages, too. You can also select see first. And if you're not already seeing a whole bunch of other stuff first, you can see our content first, see information about our shows. My Facebook page is Stacey on the right. You can see information there that I post stories and videos and also Uh, the live stream of the show. If you miss it, you can also find the podcast at those same websites. Welcome to the program today. We have a wonderful hour here for you. We're going to be going through um, Rand Paul talking about the possibility of the violence that's being called for by Cory Booker and Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton, that that violence might escalate into an assassination. And his fear is very real after surviving two attacks, not one, but two attacks on his own person, by leftists who are inflamed because they are no longer in power. And rather than wait out the four years, as we did when Barack Obama was in his first term, uh, they're just, they're unhinged. And the idea that the Republicans dare to govern from the right is just so anathema to them that they're just, the people are losing their minds. So we're going to talk about that. We have Benny Johnson, who's a reporter for The Daily Caller. He's going to join us today to talk about MSNBC's Youth Voters thingamajiggy that they're doing. So we'll talk about that with him, and we'll take your calls. Of course, the call lines are 866-963-2037, 866-963-2037. Today's Daily Confession is, For the Lord Gives Wisdom, and from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. It's Proverbs 2.6. For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. And this one is a go-to, Proverbs 2-6, because we know that we can hear from God directly in a scripture. And if we keep our eyes trained on what God has said to us and walk in obedience, then we can definitely experience the fullness that He has for us in this life doesn't mean we won't have troubles, but it does mean that we have an advocate, uh, the ultimate advocate, working on our behalf, and we can be comfortable in that knowledge. And it is a comfort, especially as we watch the devolution of what is our social contract here in America. The idea that you can protest and you can, you can voice your concerns and you can address yourself to your government has turned into run them out of restaurants, run them out of public spaces, get in their faces, make them listen. If they bring a knife, you bring a gun. This is the new political reality. I'd love to see Democrats repudiate this and dial it back. But since the talking heads and mouthpieces of the Democrats over at CNN won't do it, I I don't expect to see it from their elected officials. And that's what brought Rand Paul to the point where he was talking about their the possibility of an assassination. Now remember, Rand Paul was at the baseball mound when the crazed Bernie Sanders supporter came through with a, a, a semi-automatic long gun and shot up the baseball field, severely, critically wounding Steve Scalise, the majority whip. He barely got past with his life. It was prayer and fantastic surgeons who saved him, multiple gunshot wounds to the abdomen. And he's you know, alive to, to live and tell the story Rand Paul five, five people were wounded that day. Rand Paul was there. And then he was also attacked after that by his neighbor, who was a deranged lunatic, who is now a convicted felon for his assault on Rand Paul broke six of his ribs. He suffered through multiple bouts of pneumonia in his uh, attempt to recuperate. And he's back at it. He's back working again, but his wife, they've, they've received so many threats that she actually penned an op-ed to Cory Booker asking him to stop calling for violence. And they now she now sleeps with a loaded firearm next to her bed because she's just concerned that, you know, that at any moment they can be attacked in their own home. Is that what we really want? And and why don't we see the same thing from people on the right side of the political spectrum? Where are the mobs of angry people on the right? Where were they during the Obama years running people out of restaurants, refusing to serve people, uh, refusing to do business with people? Where were they? Oh, yeah, that's right. They weren't there. So all of the stories about violence from the Tea Party were just that, stories, made-up farces, you know, just exercises in empty rhetoric. But here we are. We literally have actual mobs descending upon locales in Washington, D.C., and we have people making excuses about it. So here's Rand Paul. He's, he's talking about this this whipping up of dangerous people, people who don't know when to stop. It's number
1: five. I, I think what people need to realize that uh, when people like Cory Booker say get up in their face, he, he may think that that's okay, but what he doesn't realize is that for about every thousand person that might want to get up in your face, one of them is going to be unstable enough to commit violence. When I was at the ball field and Steve Scalise was nearly killed, the guy shooting up the ball field and shooting, I think five or six people were, were shot. These police was almost killed. He was yelling, This is for health care. He had a list in his pocket of conservative Republicans that he wanted to kill. You know, when I was attacked in my yard and had six of my ribs broken, uh, pneumonia, lung contusion, all of that. These are people that are unstable. We don't want to encourage them. We have to somehow ratchet it down and say we're not encouraging that violence is ever okay, ever a reason for or a means for trying to resolve things. I feel that there's going to be an assassination. I really worry that someone is going to be killed and uh, that those who are ratcheting up the, the, the conversation, those who are ratcheting up saying get in their face, they have to realize that they bear some responsibility if this elevates to violence.
2: But they're already cleaning it up. So Rand Paul may make fantastic points there. He certainly does. But they're already saying, well, these aren't mobs. Because that's what, it, what this is what happens when people who have no allegiance to the truth are allowed to get behind a microphone or or in front of a camera and speak to multiple hundreds of thousands of people, millions of people in total per week. When they have no conscience, no allegiance to the truth. They don't even know, they wouldn't know the truth if it hit them upside the head with the two by four if the truth was a two-by-four, they wouldn't know it. They'd say, nothing just hit me. I've never been hit before because they're unable to process the truth, which is people using their fingernails to claw at a wood door and screaming and wailing and howling like dogs, that's a mob. People directing traffic, standing in the middle of the street and threatening people who don't go the direction they tell them to when they're in their car to go the other direction, that's a mob. People actually following people and saying you're an old white man and accosting them and banging their hands and their their whatever they have in their hands on their car, you know, attempting to destroy their private property, and running them out of public spaces. That is a mob, 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 mob. I said it a whole bunch of times. Now what? You know, the thought police may have control of of MSNBC and CNN, but they don't have control of this mic, and. I I encourage you. Start asking. I know you're supporting certain candidates. You're supporting certain causes. You want to see certain things done in Washington, D.C. But are you okay with me as a person being run out of a public space? Are you okay with that person over there? Just that that stranger right there standing up and coming over here and screaming in your face until you get up and leave? It's all well and good when it's somebody else. I notice people get the deer in the headlights and they're just looking. You can see the people in the background when this stuff is going on. Innocent bystanders are kind of looking like, what do I do? And the person who's being assaulted is just trying to get away. But what happens when that person turns around and strikes back? What happens when that person truly fears for their life because there are six of these mob violent protesters and there's only one of them? And they decide to stand their ground. What happens when people really start taking these threats of violence and these physical altercations? They start taking them seriously and begin to defend themselves. Then what? And the time to ask that question is now, before someone is seriously injured. It's bad enough you had the pro-abortion protester kicking a pro-life lady in the face. He was arrested. He's been charged. Uh, Some... Um, Lilliputian protester with, you know, uh, Daisy Dukes and a, and a white T-shirt on dancing around and literally smacking the signs out of an older white gentleman's hands when he was, he was there to protest just like she was. She was protesting against Kavanaugh. He was there protesting for Kavanaugh. She knocked the sign out of his hand. She was also arrested for assault. Remember, battery is unwanted touching your hand or body part goes on to the other person and they didn't want it to, that's battery. And that's when you open the door to other escalating charges. And this is serious business. We're talking about felonious assault in many of these cases. You're kicking someone in the head. That's not just battery right there. That's assault with intent to kill. Foot to the head, you're trying to kill somebody. And these people have been lulled into a sense that, well, it's just, You know, it's okay if we I mean, we're upset. We're not getting we're not getting justice. They're doing things in Washington, D.C. that we don't like. And therefore, we can kick people. We can push them. We can get in their faces. We can prevent them from getting on elevators. We can prevent them from getting in their cars. We can pull them out of their cars. We can jump up and down on their cars. You see how far it's going? And then for people who are saying, well, I'm an independent, you're you know, you're voting for the Democrats. I know there are genuine independents out there, but the majority of the people who say they're independents are really just Democratic voters who are ashamed of what they see that is happening in the party. And so they just don't want to claim it. Come on over to leave the dark side. Leave the side of the mob, the angry, disgusting, unwashed, violent, stinky mob. Leave them. You don't have to be there. So here's Senator Rand Paul. He wraps up. His concerns here and it's it's worth listening to and saving in the podcast and sharing with friends because he's telling the truth here. It's number six.
1: This is sort of the double standard. You know, if it's it's an accusation with no substantiation, it's utterly to be believed. In my case, it wasn't an accusation. I actually was assaulted. He's now a convicted felon. There is an instability and a violent nature in this man. There still is a risk of him committing further violence. And yet uh, the media discounted that completely because they don't like my politics. So this just shows you that it's about politics. It really isn't about concern or people wanting to lessen violence. You know, there's all kinds of violence out there. And if the media doesn't want to condemn it when it happens to a Republican, uh, you can see what a double standard we have.
2: And so when someone's actually attacked and put into the hospital, ribs broken, you know, literally on breathing apparatus and and had to have surgery and all of that, that's... Boo-hoo, Rand Paul. That's what a lot of activists on the left said. Boo-hoo, Rand Paul. Not a lot of sympathy. Didn't see talking heads having a moment of silence. Or it just was, we, we just need to cover this up. We just need to find a reason why this happened. Obviously, it happened because it's their fault. So we also have today on the show, Hillary says civility has no place while Republicans are in power. In order for us to have a return to civility, Democrats have to be in power again. Do you see what she's saying there? She's saying, if you want peace and stability and you want the rule of law, we have to be in charge. If we're not in charge, we're going to tear this thing up. We're going to tear it up. We're going to burn it down. We're going to do things to make sure you're uncomfortable until you put us back in power. Don't take it from me. I'm going to give you the audio of her saying it herself. She's back. She's in a house coat and she's inciting more violence. Please explain to me how you could support that. Anyone. How do you support Hillary Clinton when she says things like that? We'll be back with Benny Johnson right after this. Stay there.
0: You're listening to Sherathon 2018 here on Urban Family Talk.
4: Christian family came into my life at a point where I really wanted to be more of a Christian who engaged with the culture and could be able to filter on what was happening around me with a biblical worldview. It's been such a tool for discipleship for me, something that I can come to every morning and um, just glean truth and glean wisdom. And I really, really sincerely appreciate every single show and every person on there. It's actually been helpful for me and my family as well. And please support this ministry and continue to give to this constant ministry that God is using. Thank you so much
0: less impact even more lives. Partner with us for our three-day starting Tuesday, October 16th, here on listener-supported urban family talk.
5: Hi, I'm Crawford Leritz with a Legacy Moment. I knew a young man who grew up in a godly home. It was a wonderful Christian family. The teen years were great for his siblings, but not for him. You see, this friend of mine was somewhat of a prodigal, and he rebelled against his parents and their authority. He broke all the rules of the household. He was miserable in those years because he spent most of his time on restriction, discipline for his rebellion and disobedience. Our choices and decisions create our realities, and they produce consequences. In Nehemiah chapter 9, verses 35 and 36, we find Nehemiah's prayer of confession after an incredible revival breaks out when they read the word of God coming on the heels of rebuilding the wall of Jerusalem. They're reminded of the terrible legacy of disobedience that has accompanied these people, and they verbalize this to God in prayer. Listen to verse 35. But they, meaning their forefathers, in their own kingdoms, enjoying your great goodness which you gave them, With the broad and rich land which you did set before them did not serve you or turn from their evil deeds. Behold, we are slaves today. And as to the land which you gave to our fathers to eat of its fruit and its bounty, behold, we are slaves on it. What a description. He's saying, you know, we have disregarded our spiritual responsibility. We did not serve God. We didn't turn from our evil deeds. And now the land of freedom became a legacy of bondage. Is your land of freedom a legacy of bondage? Are you a prisoner in the promised land? Here's what I want you to remember today freedom is a product of responsibility. When we choose what is right, then we experience his favor and great blessing. What's it going to be for you, blessing or prison? Legacy
0: Moment is a production of Moody Radio. This is Stacy on the Right with Stacy Washington on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk.
2: Welcome back to the program. It's my pleasure to welcome our next guest, Benny Johnson. He's a reporter for the Daily Caller. Thank you so much, Benny, for coming on the show today.
3: Thanks for having me, Stacy. Appreciate it.
2: Yeah, it's good to talk to you. I'm wanting to know about your piece over at the Daily Caller, the MSNBC Youth Voters. What's going on? (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
3: Well, yeah, so Democrats, I think, are looking for a silver lining somewhere, anywhere Mm -hmm. that they can find it. I think it's a very uh, scary time to be a Democrat. You're losing a lot of major political battles. You're seeing a lot of uh, voters swing to the right after the Kavanaugh debacle. That was a clear loss in the Democratic column, and you're seeing some major trends upward for Republicans uh, in the electoral ballot. So MSNBC went and talked to youth voters, and you always hear about the youth vote, and they mm-hmm. went and talked with youth voters in California, one of the largest schools in the in the state, and the reporters couldn't get a single student to say that, one, they were going to vote, or two, that they even... That they even Cared at all about uh, the major uh, Democratic talking points of the day, Kavanaugh, the Russian v- investigation. Um, so it was uh, a little extra bad news for a party that's already seen quite a boatload of it.
2: Okay, so and and I've I've said this for a while, and Benny, I know you're you're a reporter, so you're coming at this from you know you have your neutral perspective, you obviously have your own personal perspective, but for for you, the story is the story. But for me, that since I'm Stacy on the right and I'm out there, you know, with my political views out in front of me, I've been saying that if if you push it too far, either either side of the political aisle, but specifically in this case, the Democrats, if they go too far with the Kavanaugh accusations, which they did, they went to gang rape, and that was just a no go, and people were justifiably horrified. And also now with the protests, where you have Hillary Clinton lambasting the Republicans and saying they only understand raw power. And if they want civility, then Democrats have to be in charge. And now you have Eric Holder saying when they go low, we kick them. You know, it, do you think it's well, part of that as well, that people are naturally repulsed by the the tendency to violence that's being displayed?
3: Right. The violent tendencies, as much as they try to pin it on President Trump, are clearly in, in the Democratic column. You're exactly right, Eric Holder. Uh, this just broke that he... He said that Michelle Obama was flawed and incorrect in her thinking that when they go low, we go high. Uh, He he fact-checked, weirdly, the first lady. He was also the attorney general under the Obama administration, which is the number one law enforcement official in the entire country. And then he's saying that you should kick people when they're down. It's a very, very odd thing to say, particularly when the candidate who he served ran on the message of hope and change. Very, very odd. Uh, it's, not, it's not very positive, I think, for, uh, for Democrats right now. The American public, what we've seen at the caller, and I, I was right in the middle of a protest. I was standing in the middle of the protest for days and days and days, and I mm. really desperately needed a shower after that.
2: No, I know you did. Spending a tough time
3: around leftist protesters. Boy, uh, they were violent. They were getting arrested. They were assaulting cops. They were assaulting senators. They were screaming and yelling and, and wishing violence on people. And the American public is not like that. It's not a mob rule country. This is not a mob rule country. And they're clearly responding to the polls, Stacey.
2: Okay, so first of all, I, I just, God bless you, Benny Johnson, for going and spending more than 10 minutes in the presence of those protesters. I, I already start off the show by saying <laughs> they were stinky and mean and angry and stinky. And so, I and I did said twice on purpose. And I just can't tolerate that. Like, you, so I grew up in Germany where, deodorant usage is optional. And so you could get into the (laughs) elevator and someone could get in the elevator with you. And if they weren't wearing a deodorant, meaning they didn't ever wear it, because it's one thing to go one day to miss it for one day and to forget. It's another thing to never wear it and never have that protection that it begins to build up over years and years and years of use. That's the whole thing with hygiene. You have to keep doing it. And so you'd be ready to faint when they would get out of the elevator. You just ride up three floors with them and you're literally almost passed out. And so for people who aren't into hygiene and then they're in large groups and they're angry and they're producing that anger hormone, which ratchets everything up, I can't imagine what you've been through. You, I'm hoping you're going to be up for some kind of award for, for spending time there. Um, I, but, <laughs> you know, I, can we just talk for a second? Because, you know, it, it's time for adult chat now. What happens in these stand your ground states where people are heavily armed and these protesters start, you know, five, six of them, they like to, to tag team an individual, an older person, a woman, people who have kids in the car. They like to, you know, attack them in groups. They swarm you. They, they, they're they not afraid to physically assault you. What happens when someone stands their ground? What happens when someone says, my car is a part of my castle doctrine, according to the law of the state, and I'm going to defend it. My kids are in here. What happens then?
3: I think that's best. probably left to the legal experts. I certainly don't want to uh, theorized about something that could be a deadly uh, a deadly interaction, I will say this, Stacey, that talking with members of Congress on the hill, talking with senators, talking with people who work in their staff very closely this is I've spent ten years in Washington reporting uh, I will tell you this they are they are it is a it is a common knowledge that eventually things are going to go too far, and someone's going to get very badly hurt. Of course, someone's already been hurt. Steve Scalise was shot by a progressive who loaded his gun, scoped out a baseball field, and asked if these are GOP members of Congress before pumping bullets into them. Mm -hmm. And by the way, that would have been a massacre, a massacre, with multiple members of Congress dead, were it not for Scalise having armed guards, because no one else was armed. They were sitting ducks. And that entire situation with James Hodgkinson has been deleted from the public zeitgeist, from the Media Digest. It's been completely uh, whitewashed away uh, from history. And so it, you don't have the context of how radicalized the left is becoming. And it, it's a very scary precedent. And I do believe that there is, that, many, that this could eventually boil over into people being very, very badly hurt. Again, it already has. And people on the Hill are just waiting for it to get worse.
2: And so when you talk about people on the Hill and, and you did mention Rand Paul, he also was assaulted at his home, mowing the grass, mm-hmm. six broken yep. ribs, multiple hospitalizations. He had suffered through pneumonia because of the, you know, as a side effect of, of his injuries multiple times. His wife now sleeps with a loaded gun next to the bed. And there, yep. the expectation is that someone's going to be killed. And so I, I, yep. I just happened to be, you know, looking at some video. And I saw Allison Camerot, I think it was, it might have been one of the others, on CNN, literally covering her face with her hands at, uh, you know, Matt Lewis using the word mob to describe these people. How are we at a place where people can't admit that a mob is a mob?
3: Yeah, it's a wonderful question. It's a very important question. It's a question that I don't think people are asking correctly. My personal opinion, and it was Brooke Baldwin who who did that, Yeah, yeah. Uh, Brooke Baldwin couldn't, couldn't tolerate it being called a mob, but as someone who stood amongst them, someone who's been covering them for three weeks and almost on a daily basis covering their activities or physically being among the groups of people that were roaming Capitol Hill, screaming at senators, hosting protests, getting arrested in mass, it was every bit of a mob. It was the the literal definition of a mob. I, I, I believe what happens is that CNN because uh, you saw this happen with multiple hosts, right? Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to say the word mob. You're not allowed to call them a mob at CNN. Those doors came down from on high, from PR and Jeff Zucker. And so they, CNN tells our anchors, don't let anyone call this a mob. It makes them look bad. Mm-hmm. And then all the hosts are, are forced to have to play this hilarious uh, invisibility game
4: mm-hmm.
3: uh, where they cover their eyes, and they, you know, if it's not, if they can't see it, it's it's not there. It's crazy. And you've seen this on multiple, you know, you've seen CNN do this multiple times, which is why I I believe that the network is propaganda for the left. It really does, like, come off as propaganda for the left if if you watch it with a critical eye now. And so it it really is a lack of an acceptance of facts. And as someone who stood there and watched the arrests happening, someone who stood there and saw the assault happening as someone who was personally threatened multiple times when I was up filming them and who was surrounded and yelled at, and screamed at and watched the same thing happen to my colleagues. Uh, I have a message for CNN. Uh, This was a damn mob.
2: So when you talk about being there, because your firsthand account to me is, is utterly credible and, and ultimately it's the, it's the record that we want is from people who were there who took the time to go and be in the midst of these people and, and kind of report from the ground. And you're right about the CNN propaganda. It just never stops. I mean, just when you think they can't go any lower they're they're, they're like, Oh yes, we can. We're going lower. You just watch what, when, when we look at that and I know you, you started off by talking about how voters seem to be very, very like they're, they're becoming deactivated on the left because it's just too much. But I mean, what really happens in November in some of these congressional races? I know the polls have sw- swung a little bit, and it's not quite as bad for the Republicans when they're looking at their poll numbers in these battleground races. But do you think it'll be enough? Because we still have a month left.
3: Well, I personally believe that there's, I personally believe that there's a ton of room for, ton of room for error by Republicans. Uh, Republicans. have... Uh, <laughs> not shown to be closers uh, in situations like this, so we'll see. But the president is hitting the battleground states hard. He's doing one campaign event every single day this week. We'll see if the hurricane uh, gets in the way of that schedule, but he is on schedule. The president just announced that he is on schedule to go to a campaign event uh, this evening. And when you know when the, when the president goes somewhere and tells people to vote, listen, they, they really do turn out. And we've seen the GOP win a lot of close races and special elections where the president has jumped on board, and he seems to be really wanting to keep the House and really, really wanting to keep the Senate. Lucky for the president, this Kavanaugh was a gift that keeps on giving. The Kavanaugh debate is something that soured the mood of national uh, Democrats, that soured the mood of uh, national independence, and it, it boistered the mood of Republicans. And so you're seeing people like Martin McSally, who was down by double digits, Martha McSally in Arizona. Who down by double digits now, just clobbering Kristen Senema. Uh, mm. Flipped the script entirely. Flipped the script. You're seeing double digit leads explode for uh, for um, uh, I'm sorry, in, in Tennessee, Martha Black, Martha yes, Blackburn yes, yes, exploding with a double digit and, and and in North Dakota, of course, Heidi Heitkamp. She's just, I mean, she's just toast. So. I'll, I'll, we'll we'll see how it works out in the end. You're right. There's a lot of time between now and Election Day. But for for Republicans, it is looking very, very good.
2: OK, so what do you see happening? Because I, I was really surprised to see that people hung around for the first day of the court opening up. I haven't had a chance to look today to see if they have any fresh video of people clawing at the doors, but... Are people still protesting <laughs> Associate Justice Kavanaugh or what? have they gone what? home?
3: What's the video? Yeah, what I mean, geez, listen, like, what are you going to do, by the way, like, when you get the doors open? What are you going to You're going to go up and you're going to punch him? Gonna, I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to take his robe, take his gavel? What, what, I, what, what would you do if you'd opened the doors? By the way, also, Stacey, I live in D.C., I spent a lot of time at the Supreme Court. Those are 13 ton bronze doors, they're ceremonial doors, they do not open uh, with any regularity. I've never seen them open in a decade of covering Supreme Court events. I've never seen those doors open, not once. And so I don't know what they were really intending on doing, but you're not going to paw, kind of look like little kittens, like Mm -hmm. you're not going to paw 13-ton bronze doors open. And they're also like 25 feet tall.
2: So, Their little but, hands. The hands were so small. When I watched the video, I was like, "Look at those cute little hands! Like, yeah. just, just, just scraping."
4: Yeah,
3: I don't, exactly. <laughs> I just, I do, wanna, I do really truly really wonder, like, if that's what they're going to storm the gates with. This is this is going to be a very short battle. Uh, <laughs> the the truth is that I I just had, uh, you know, I have no idea what's gotten a hold of the left. Uh, it, it's clearly a rabid Trump derangement syndrome. Uh, it's not working well for them. It's not working out great. The Ameri- it, 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 their entire party is sort of like a, 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 a body that me- that has been taken over by the host. Mm. And the crazy zombie host has taken it over and made it made it insane. And they're trying to rein it in and get control of it, but they've just the, the Democratic Party has just lost lost control uh, of their narrative and of their voters, and it's showing at the polls.
2: I I hope that people are just looking at it and really assessing. Whether or not they're voting for the policies or they're voting because, you know, it it can be an an identity being a Democrat, being a Republican, it can be an identity instead of saying, you know, I'm, I'm with you as long as you're with these particular policies. The minute you leave those policies, I'm out. And then it would be much more logical to try to show them, look, we don't we don't agree with this. Uh, thank you so much for the, taking the time out to join us today and for your work, the hard labor that you just put in, virtuous works, to, hanging out with the mob, and the reporting, the reporting that's so fantastic. Benny, thank you so much for being with us. <laughs> thank you, Stacey. Appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Talk to you again soon. That's Benny Johnson, reporter for The Daily Caller. He He really has been in the trenches for 10 years, solid. Uh, reporting from Washington, DC and some of the best reporting out there. I'm I've been so just so pleased to see him join the Daily Caller and their wonderful staff there. So it's really wonderful. I, I want to give you guys this other piece that I, I have. It's just it just stacks up on top of the information that we were just discussing with Benny Johnson. And that is this I mean this is breaking news. Eric Holder, as Benny described former chief law enforcement officer of the entire country, said, well, when they go low, we kick them. And then, of course, let's not forget Senator Mazie Hirano, Democrat from Hawaii, who refused to say that it's wrong to run people out of restaurants. And so when, I, I thought Benny's answer was very, very, uh, it, it was a good answer because he, he didn't want to wade into legal issues. But the fact is, the law supports self-defense, And as we heard just a snippet of audio yesterday from Fox News where, um, you know, you had people discussing what happened to Brian Kilmeade, and as the discussion turned, you know, the people who are best equipped to defend themselves are going to win in every situation. It is simply best to stop this madness. But it has to come from the top. The people who incited the violence have to now take it back, or they get to be responsible as well for what happens. Okay, when we come back, we're gonna take your calls 866 963 2037 here on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk.
6: St. John 1 and 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Remember in the Word when Jesus was responding to Satan's antics? When Satan was trying to tempt Jesus with food, Jesus responded with himself. He responded with the Word. There are no new tricks in Satan's book. At the end of the day, his job is to create fear and doubt, and you know, steal, kill, and destroy. So if Jesus, who was fully God, responded to Satan with the word, why do we think that we can get along without the word? The Bible says, study to show thyself approved. Equip yourself with the word daily and watch your response to Satan's foolishness change. One of my coworkers, Pastor Joseph Parker, teaches that it's good to read at least three chapters a day. Sounds good to me. Today is a good day to start with a heart for the urban family. I'm today's urban woman, Tony Johnson. Connect with us at UrbanFamilyTalk.com. Yo, yo, yo! What up, Sid? Yo, what's up, Mike? How you doing, man? I'm good, bro. Just let the club, you know, <laughs> the usual. The club? Man, them clubs don't love back, man. You ain't learned yet. You better slow down, dude. Ah, come on, say You remember those days. We used to turn up together, man. Used to. Used to, brother. I'm on something much different. Like what, though? I mean, that Jesus music you be rapping about or beatboxing or whatever you be doing. I'm saying, though, that's how I worship. God gave me rap, so I give it back. Why, wow, though? Gospel rap is boring, man. Boring? There's nothing boring about the ransom that ransomed me with himself Took me off the shelf to transform me into my best Surrounding me with those of like minds He drops bombs, some of which is found on UrbanFamilyTalk.com
5: Donald Trump's America About a month away from a critical vote in American politics, Vice President Mike Pence levies a significant accusation. China is meddling in America's democracy. The Vice President's remarks came at a D.C. think tank and doubled down on President Trump's United Nations allegation of last month that China wants to aid his opposition. How are they doing it? The Vice President says intelligence leaders
7: tell him. China is targeting U.S. state and local governments and officials to exploit any divisions between federal and local levels on policy.
5: China denies these claims, but the administration insists China is using trade tariffs to advance Beijing's influence. The vice president says the U.S. wants to ensure trade practices that are
7: free, fair, and reciprocal, and we will continue to stand and demand that they do.
5: Vice President Pence says China's rogue tactics are worse than what the Russians have tried to do. Gernal Scott. Fox
0: News. You can watch a live stream of the show on Facebook or YouTube at Stacy on the Right. Now, back to the show on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk.
2: You cannot be civil with a political party that wants to destroy what you stand for, what you care about. That's why I believe if we are fortunate enough to win back the House and or the Senate, that's when civility can start again. But until then, the only thing that the Republicans seem to recognize and respect is strength. Okay, Hillary, thank you so much. Thank you so much for your, for your candor. Thank, appreciate you. Yeah, all right. I, at what point does someone tell her that the craziness has to stop? She was speaking at, uh, you know, one of those outdoor gatherings where she walks up onto the stage and there's all this really cool hip music, like she's a rock star, and she comes out strolling, you know, doing her thing, and the rest of us are just left to listen to her spout off this garbage, and I just, I'm, I, what I want is for her to come to the light, She's been in politics too long. She's, she's had death threats herself. She's had Secret Service protection, I mean, for a very, very long time, very long time. And she also served as a senator, and she served as our Secretary of State. So this is someone who ought to know better. All right. We'll take your calls at 866-963-2037, 866-963-2037. Let's go to Nicole in Texas. Nicole, thank you so much for calling the show today. Thank you. Yeah. What's your comment? Well, uh, I just wanted to comment
4: on the conversation earlier um, that I know the country is divided right now. Um, I normally am a little middle of the road on everything, but um, uh, I do lean left, and I believe both parties are not innocent those parties have done some wonderful things. Um, but I, I was a little offended by the previous conversation because I don't want to be lumped in with the law mentality population. I'm not prone to violence. And uh, I am
2: the hygienic person. Ah, well, I, you know, I can appreciate that. Um, the comments about the lack of hygiene are about the actual protesters who are there. And Benny Johnson was actually verifying that because he was there as well. I guess I wonder when you say both both sides are complicit, are you saying that both sides engage in mob violence or are you saying that both sides incite violence or speak violent rhetoric to their to their constituents? Oh no, I just mean in
4: general. I, I think there's that yeah, both parties have have issues in-
2: oh okay we we lost her, but she's i think she was saying both parties have issues and have made some mistakes and i I have to say um you know i i wouldn't I wouldn't characterize both parties as being in the same tier with that, but of course we've seen bad behavior on on the part of Republicans at times in the past, and I think there have been times when democrat individuals who are elected officials have been. Very strong on condemning violence. And so it's not a blanket statement. But at this point right now, we only have other people adding to the calls for violence. We don't have anyone repudiating it. In fact, it's interesting that these people are making these statements. Nancy Pelosi hasn't said much at all. And that's interesting that, that, because she was one of the first people to come out after Maxine Waters said, drive them out of public spaces. And she said, that's not us. That's, that's not what we believe in. We're, we're not a mob. We don't believe in running people out of public. But then Schumer came out and kind of said something similar. And then a little bit of time passed by and Maxine Waters went right back to calling for violence and they didn't repudiate her again. I don't get that. So uh, let's go to Van in Arizona or Arkansas. A van in arkansas thank you so much for calling the show
4: oh it's a common mistake you're fine how you doing mm. today
2: i'm doing pretty well
4: <laughs> and i just appreciate your your position and your honesty that's what i enjoy listening to your show
2: oh thank you thank uh, here, you sir
4: here's a question i have and you know i i've listened to uh you know the other talk show people on the, um, the other stations Uh, in addition to listening to you mostly, but with everything that, like, Maxine Waters is saying, Hillary, and so forth, I don't hear any of the talk show hosts or any of our leaders on the Republican side throwing more terroristic threatening out there. When they're calling for mob, when they're calling for getting in people's face, is that not terroristic?
2: You know, I... uh... Criminal terrorism definitions. So I'm looking it up to see if there's one. Um, well, terrorism is a systematic use of terror, often violent, especially as a means of coercion. Huh. Uh, yeah, it kind of fits that, doesn't it? <laughs> I just want to make sure well, I was on the right I definition. Mean, it, yeah. It, I mean, it it's, seems it's, to be like it does. It, and, yeah.
4: and I mean, when mm. <laughs> you know, 9-11 rolled around and when we had you know, all of those events happen. I mean, we have a whole series of laws that were brought into place to deal with that, but yet our politicians are seemingly to me ignoring it. And I mean I think if you want to simmer it down, just just start charging a few people with that and see how quick it slows down, I would think. I don't know. I just I just it just one of those inquiring minds wanna know things.
2: Well, you know what, Van, I gotta say. Um I know one thing gets people's attention and that's the use of the word terrorism and that's why in past there have been people who've maybe overused the term and it's and you know it kind of lost its punch but it's still one of those terms that if you see the word terrorism on a newspaper or you hear it in in a news story on on TV or the radio you stop what you're doing so you can hear what's going on and this is a story that really you know Benny Johnson said that it's not getting the traction it should it's not only not getting the traction it should, there's been no acknowledgement by talking heads on the left that this is what's happening, that, that people are really being violent. Um, I would not object to them applying that term to what's going on and then charging people because you're right, the best deterrent is enforcement. Fantastic. Thank you for calling the show today, Van. appreciate your call. Um, let's also go to Reed in Texas. Reed, thank you so much for calling the show today.
7: Hi, Stacey. First, let me say thank you for your service as a fellow vet. Uh, it's always good to talk to another one.
2: Ah, oh, Thank um, you for your service as a well. Question.
7: <laughs> Thanks. Uh, you asked a question of one of your guests a little while ago about uh, what's going to happen when one of these uh, groups or mobs comes down and starts uh, trying to uh, badger or assault a uh, conservative down here uh, I'm going to tell you, somebody's going to get hurt, and it's probably going to be somebody in that mob. Um, as a uh, a proud Texan, uh, I am a concealed uh, carry uh, person, and um, I've got my carry on me 24/7, or pretty much. You know what I mean?
2: I, I and, know what uh, you mean. These
7: these these people are—they're out of control. And I was just having this conversation with my daughter. Uh, these people that are. Uh, reacting to what our representatives are telling them uh they're going to lead to dark times in the future of our country if this isn't uh stopped real soon
2: it reminds me uh of um remember reed back in this is in the 70s so a lot of people won't remember this but there were the that That Bernadine Dorn and Bill Ayers, they were like setting bombs and there were like 2300 bombs that were set off over the course of a couple of years all around the United States because they were upset about, you know, Democrats not winning and that type of stuff. Do you do you think they'll they'll start going there? I mean, I just I'm just so it's so unsettling to see the behavior and that people on the left aren't acknowledging it or calling it out and saying it's wrong. Do you think they escalate from here and go? Cause I don't see them winning a lot in November. I know the polls don't, don't agree with me, but I just don't see it.
7: Um, I'm with you. I don't see the, the, um, uh, blue wave that they're talking about, especially mm-hmm. after this fiasco with Kavanaugh, uh, who I thank God that uh, we got confirmed. Mm-hmm. But, um, It would not surprise me at all to see this escalate. uh, As, And I like to laugh at Facebook for all the funny things on there, but as uh, one comment on their states, uh, uh, the conservatives are the sides of all the guns. So they'd be kind of stupid to to start an open civil uh, revolt uh, or civil war. So I I would expect that uh, if they're going to start something it's going to be more of a terrorist style uh, attacks across this country.
2: Well, we got to pray that that's not the case. Um, but I, I appreciate your call, and, and I agree with you that it's it's just, it's like a ticking time bomb, and I don't want to see it. I don't want to see this be the new America. Um, thank you, Reed. Appreciate your call, and let me see. We oh, on time. We're okay. Randy in Louisiana. Thank you so much for calling the Whoa. show. Hello.
8: Yeah. Uh, good to hear some new voices on uh, AFR. Thanks for not putting me on call block. <laughs> uh, I, I, serious. I, I've been put on call block, and one of them was by AFR. I got into an argument with somebody. They started crying, and they got the feelings hurt and everything. And I was trying to tell them the truth.
1: They didn't want to hear
8: it, you know. Oh, wow. and, and that's the problems with the Christians. They want to pick and choose certain things, but they need to fight everything. Anyway, the point is, as far as I can see, the Democrats and the Republicans have been playing off of each other probably ever since the Federal Reserve got started back in, what, 1913, and they've been, they've been causing these. Well, the banking system, too. They've been causing these. Recessions, depressions, and everything in between to keep the people, you know, off balance. And if finally somebody gets an office that's really—he's not a Republican, Republican or Democrat; he's an independent, and he's like a Tea Party independent. He doesn't take—he—he's for the people. And this is what got, has the Republicans and. Uh, the Democrats upset. Mm. And and uh, who's the Supreme Court judge? Uh, judge Kavanaugh. Died? Oh. F, uh, no, not Kavanaugh. Oh, uh, Scalia. Scalia.
2: Sc- Scalia. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah, well,
8: put it this way. And you can hang up if you want, but I want to tell you this way I look at it. The, the Soros's. The CIA, the FBI, the Bushes, the Clintons, and the Obamas, and the Muslims, he got murdered, as far as I'm concerned, and this is is the result of having him murdered. We ended up with Kavanaugh, and it's their own fault, and they're not going to stop at it either. Somebody called for the assassination of Kavanaugh, I believe. Well... I, I bet that's on the table and not just him. And I pray mm-hmm. for these people every day uh, for their protection. And, me, uh, me too. And I, I think, think we, should, we should.
2: All do. Oh, sure. Thank you. Thank you, Randy, for calling and for for your comments. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know about the uh, list of people that he named off uh, having anything to do with Judge Scalia, Justice Scalia passing away. I've read a lot of the stories online about people, you know, with different things that they've said about that. I I will say we we had an opportunity to interview one of Justice Scalia's sons about the book Scalia Speaks that they produced. It's a book of the speeches of ju- judge Justice Antonin Scalia. And um I I recommend it to you highly. It's he's he's spoken to so many organizations, so of course, judge uh, Justice Scalia was a Catholic, practicing Catholic, and um, pretty devout Catholic, actually. But he spoke to a lot of different groups, and he spoke to Jewish groups. He would, you know, anyone wanted him to come and speak, he would. And so he would go and and his speeches. It's really a, a peek into just how fascinating it can be to have someone like that who has been sitting on the judge uh, on the on the uh, Supreme Court for decades come and speak to your group and what they would choose to speak about. And so I, I recommend the book. It's called Scalia Speaks. Um, and his son came on and spoke to us about it and it was a really good, good interview. Um, I think it was about a year, year and a half ago when, when right, it was, uh, I'd say maybe six months after he passed away possibly that the book came out and it was, it's, it's a wonderful tribute to their father. And, um, I don't know about the rest of that. It's I, I do agree that what we must do is commit ourselves to praying for for a return to normalcy, for, um, for the plans of the enemy to be thwarted, for justice to be released upon our land, for a fresh wind of revival to blow through, uh, for God to show himself strong. His eyes are continually roving the earth, searching for a righteous man that he can show himself strong in, that one of us would be that man, and that... Through our prayers, we would be able to see him deliver us because he can, and he will if we humble ourselves and cry out, he will answer. That much I do know. So if you're leaving us now, (laughs) good night from the heartland. If you're staying with us, you have news and information from onenewsnow.com. Stay right there.